We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, inspired by her blog posts about her cancer journey, friends and admirers gave Amanda Riley money, but her illness was all an act. We'll review the new podcast, Scamanda. Joining me to get that done. What, Scamanda? <laughs> Scamanda. <laughs> Scamanda. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, My Husband and Love of My Life, the cancer survivor, non-cancer influencer, Kevin Flynn. Hey, Kevin. There's no hashtag Team Kevin, bitches. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, America. <laughs> We'll get, we'll get into, quote, cancer influencer culture, I promise. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hey, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. I'm thinking of what I can start a GoFundMe for now. <laughs> I mean, I have so many ideas of I what be people a, could support. I want to be a hemorrhoid influencer. Gee. <laughs> oh, my cat had, remember when my cat had chlamydia? Oh, it's chlamydia. chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. Cat chlamydia. Chlamydia influencer. And finally, our but resident. She doesn't even have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast. Podcast and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously Thursday's podcast. To one third of our audience, it is. Yes. <laughs> Those of you who listen on. Statistically speaking, d- yes. Drop days. Uh, what is happening on Monday's show? On Monday, we're going to be talking about the uh, HBO limited series, Burden of Proof. Okay. Um, so, Kevin, before we start the program. Yeah. Can I make a plug? Can't stop you now. I, can I make a plug for an NHPR work project for my day job? Do it. All right. There's a new podcast. I would highly recommend that you guys listen, subscribe, or follow, depending on the app that you're on. It is mm-hmm. called The 13th Step, and it is a story about abuse in the recovery industry through the lens of one story in particular that was reported 
uh, by the news outlet where I work that led to some retribution against the journalists who reported it. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. Please, please, please follow, subscribe, and listen to The 13th Step. I am so unbelievably proud of it. Please listen to it. End of plug. I am really looking forward to this, Rebecca, and I can't wait to save it on my Spotify. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you think, Laura Bricker. It also looks at the larger issue uh, beyond just this one story. It's a, you know, obviously a broader issue, uh, but it's it's really, really good. I think it's it's good. It's good. It's good. All right. So, Kevin, should we just get to the review? I know that we really have a lot to say, and it's probably going to take a really long time. Or not a lot to say. <laughs> It'll take a really long time. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's go ahead and drop that first clip right now. Leading off. What the heck is Hodgkin's lymphoma? My goal with this blog is to not only keep friends and family in the loop, but serve as a resource to all those newly diagnosed. Amanda Riley was known as a loving stepmother, devoted church member, and an inspiration to an online community that followed her cancer journey. Her upbeat attitude in the face of a terminal diagnosis won her emotional and financial support from admirers far and wide. These people needed money. We needed to make sure this mom could see her kids graduate. Whatever we had to do, so her medications were $4,000 a month. Okay. So let's support her. Let's throw money at her feet. This $20 in my pocket is worth so little in comparison to the life of this woman. But despite her intricate medical details and convincing photos, a reporter became suspicious of Amanda's back and forth stories of illness and remission. Soon, investigators wanted to know if social media's most popular cancer survivor was a phony. I read through the blog and I'm reading it over and over and things aren't adding up. Things aren't making sense the way I thought they should. Something's just not right. Scamanda from Lionsgate Sound recounts how Amanda Riley ripped off friends, celebrities, and online supporters by faking a terminal illness. Host Charlie Webster dissects her blog and interviews family and friends about a six-figure scheme that took advantage of people's kindness. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Scamanda. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So, Toby, I have a proposition for you. Okay. Um, I would like you to dictate how long this episode should be talking about Scamanda. What do you think? I would say four to five hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> An hour and 25 minutes, perhaps. Well, okay. If, yeah, we could do it that way, too. <laughs> Why do you say that? I, I'm got, kind of getting sick of saying this, and I think people are probably sick of hearing me say it. Uh, so I'm just going to do it quickly and like tear off the Band-Aid. But this is just way too long. I don't know like if people, I've, I'm sure there are mandates for how many episodes they have to have or whatever. But people just got to figure out a way to make it work. Like mm -hmm. if you if you can't if you can't fill up eight episodes, either do something else or you got to find. It's just it just goes on and on and on to no effect. And they've got plenty of good interviews and stuff, but because the actual story is so narrowly focused, I mean, she just has this one scam, right? So it's just everybody just giving their takes about basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. For basically mm -hmm. eight hours and uh, or or six hours or whatever longer than eight 
Yeah. So it just, it just, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Cause I'm not going to say anything more. Cause I know it gets, it was like, Oh, you know, everything's too long. It's like, yeah, well this one was, I agree with you, Toby. It, it's not that it's too long. It's that the material is repetitive. And that that's the part here is that if it was eight hours and we were learning new information and we are a little bit, but not really. I mean, it all starts to sound the same. So it's like when you have a piece of writing and, you know, you, you look at your piece of writing and you're like, OK, I need to trim this. I need to tighten it up. It's going to be more effective if it's shorter. When it's so long and you're just repeating the same type of information over and over, it loses its punch. Yeah, and it's really not in and of itself that it's long. That is the problem. It's it's if it's not engaging, because Doctor Zhivago is long, The Godfather is long, but you can watch all of that because you're pulled in for the whole time. If it's not that engaging, eight hours seems really really long. But you're right, Toby. This is a podcast that is the equivalent of sixteen point font double spaced. It's and you know that this is very 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 important homework or something. It just <laughs> it really just the reason is I'm writing this essay is yes. <laughs> I mean, I should I should be more clear in that I don't think like I think there are plenty of really good eight hour podcasts. Yeah. It's just this story can't carry it right. Oh. And the way that it is edited is a huge part of the problem, Kevin, right? Because it's not just, as you said, that it is long. It is what is still in there that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I can hear how well loved Amanda was by her fellow church members and the other parents and say it just it did go on and on. But I'll tell you, it took forever to tell anything in this podcast. Guys, I've already queued up a clip. Are you ready to hear it? Yes. All right. It was after that when she was stage four and with months to live, I had Jessa for the day. I think it was summertime. I think I had her for the day because Amanda was in the hospital. Can you watch uh, Jess? I'm in the hospital. Okay. And she says, I'll be there at such and such. I said, well, we're just going to be swimming. We'll be in the pool. We're going to be swimming. Okay. And she came over after being in the hospital and she came in the pool. She came in the pool with me. I didn't know what she was in the hospital for, but she came in the pool. That took 34 seconds. <laughs> to say something, you could have said it in five fucking seconds. Amanda went to the hospital. We were watching Jessa when she came back. She, she came in the pool. Yeah. You know, since... <laughs> am I, I'm not wrong. You're I'm not, not wrong. wrong. Right? And then it was like... And then she had behind her ear... I'll never fucking forget this scene. A little <laughs> band-aid. It wasn't one of those. It was a round bandaid. It was like the little like one, the one that, uh, like in the box, the one that you never actually it left use. over. Right? Like it went on. And then I asked the nurse, "Can you swim?" What? No, she said no. I said, "So you won't swim?" She said, "No, absolutely." Fucking edit your. T- I'm sending a clap emoji. Yeah. I feel like an influencer. I'm well, like a, a podcast influencer. But, clap, yeah. Edit your tape. But in some podcasts, like the subjects themselves, do a great job telling their stories, right? Sometimes they're really entertaining and like Brokers, Bagmen, and Moles. The podcast, I thought, sucked. But I think we all thought it sucked. But those guys telling their stuff, they can really do it. It was They were entertaining. Sometimes it's really moving, like in Surviving St. Michael's. Those folks could really articulate their story and that was compelling. There's a bunch of, and there's a whole bunch of other podcasts where just, you know, your average Joe just knows how to tell his or her story. And the producers know how to frame that. But the people we hear from are so 
boring. And <laughs> that's the editor's fault. But yeah, some I'm of this, sorry. That some is of the this producer's falls on the producers fault. because you could edit or write around it. I don't need to hear eight times how she was great at church. No, I don't either. And the problem for me is. But you leave it like that if you're trying to fill eight hours of episodes. The yeah. problem. Well, why do the episodes have to be so long? They don't. Is that the original sin? I listen to plenty of podcasts that are maybe too many episodes, but each episode is like 35 minutes yeah. and it's fine. I was listening to one episode of this podcast and I was like, did we get into another episode? And I just didn't notice. And I was like, no, this episode is just <laughs> 55 fucking minutes for no reason. Just add one last thing about it. I know that there's some journalists that are loath to edit people's quotes. Like they just say, I'm not going to go in and change what people say. One thought is as long as you're not distorting it and changing and moving stuff around, you can tighten it up and that's not a distortion. I know some people won't ever do that, but even if you're like thinking that every thought is a pearl that these people are saying, then, you know, maybe you could just take smaller chunks of it and put some voiceover in it and and move this along because Rebecca is like listening to your mother tell a story. Okay. So we, now we've just done what the podcast did. You realize that, right? Did we? Yeah. We've just done exactly what the podcast has done. We've just uh, talked way too long and made the same point over and over and over again. My God. And I'm going to make it again. I have one more point to make, Rebecca, based on what you said about have we gone in a new episode. I was listening when I was out hiking on this trail in town that I like took a wrong turn and I'm walking and walking and I'm like, well, I'm just like listening to this podcast. I'm like, how is this podcast still going on? <laughs> and like, I've been lost in the woods for like however long. And I was like, ah. Trail's not here's marked my, anymore. We might have all made the point, but it didn't take us 45 minutes to do it. But here's my problem with this. This story could is so fucking juicy, and it could have been so... Okay, let's just talk about something that's at the center of this. I don't even know if you guys ever even made any notes about this in your notes. There is a culture, and I have seen it. I've seen it, of, quote, cancer influencers i've seen it uh, no i have seen it too i i have seen it it yeah. is so gross i'm sorry it is gross i have had more than one patient a cancer patient in my life including my own husband right the whole culture around sort of glorifying the cancer uh quote journey which you know people have and it's wonderful and there are people who share their cancer you know being a patient on social media and they raise money and that's great i am not talking about that i am talking about the kind of people who do pinterest shit around their cancer the kind of people who make and their their whole persona it is so weird or like <laughs> People want to help me out, but instead of just letting people help me out, here's a specific list of things I want you to buy from Trader Joe's when you deliver food to my house. And here's where I want you to put it. And like the blog type of those blog posts, Rebecca, I just want to piggyback on what you're saying, was so reminiscent. I remember when I would see so many more of those type of, I'm going to chronicle my cancer in a way that is like you're saying, like- The personal brand. Yeah, and and like just too much. Toby, the faking of cancer. Faking cancer. Faking cancer. Thoughts. It seems like one of those third rail things that like you just should know not to do. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's what's interesting about this 
in my opinion, because otherwise it's just kind of a scammer scamming people and who they choose to do it to is that she goes to this place where I think most people would not go because it's like everybody knows somebody who's had cancer and it's never fun for anybody. It's awful. And Lots of people die, and, and even if you live, it's generally like this horrendous experience. So this idea that you wouldn't have it and then would pretend to in order to have people give you presents and money uh, just seems so transgressive. So that what seems to me is what makes this story like worth telling. And like I have never seen a cancer influencer in my life, but that to me seemed like where you would be going with this, right? And I think the cancer influencer thing would be probably interesting too. And what was that? We listened to some podcast, like maybe like six months ago. And then they started talking about how they met up with this swinger couple and they were doing all these drugs. And what was that? Yeah, that was uh, the podcast undetermined. Yeah. About the woman whose friend said she was missing and then her body was found like near her house. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, you know, there, they had like this sort of side thing that was related to the story, but was, what's kind of interesting about the, sort of lifestyle of this, I guess, kind of swinger slash cam person lifestyle. And I think that's what this thing is maybe missing. It's probably missing a bunch of things. But one of the things is, is like taking a look at it and saying, rather than a recreation of like, then this happened and then this happened and this happened. It's all just about this one scam scene from all these different angles, from all these different people. It's like, why, why are you telling the story and how can you kind of shed light on it? other than just having people talk about their interactions with her. That to me felt like it was just completely missing. Yeah. And, and you're supposed to be like, Oh man, I can't believe she she's faking having cancer, but that's, what's actually interesting about it. So why not find a way of exploring that a little bit more than just like another person who goes to her church talking about how betrayed she felt at the end. I completely agree with you. I, I think the most interesting part of the podcast for me was the couple who met them before she started yes. the scam with the church. And it was the like- The lady with the pool? Yes, 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 yes. The lady who was like, I'm 100% sure she doesn't have cancer. And then her husband was like, we need to go to talk to our pastor about this. And he was like, trust your fucking wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what happened to them? Like, that was so interesting. And I'm like, so like- They just the cut tipster? her off. Was they cut the, her off. Was she the tipster? Yeah, I think she I think she was the tipster. Yeah. I think she must have been the tipster, right, Kevin? That would be my guess. Yeah. So what do you think, Kevin, if somebody was willing to like do a scam and then just like repeat it over and over again? You mean like pitching the uh the Patreon every yes. week? Yes. It's just like just like that, Kevin. It's just like that. I was gonna say when I had cancer our Patreon is real. When I had cancer, folks, I never asked you for money. <laughs> Except you did. Well, not for me. <laughs> exactly. Send money to the four of us. Yes. By Help us do our work. Help us do our work. You had no voice, though. Hem, I don't need voice tonight. I'm losing it. Uh, yeah, oh, I heard some old... You should stop yelling I'm... at people as a ref, Kevin, and you wouldn't lose your voice. I, that's, Umpire. That's probably... Umpire. That's the problem. 100% <laughs> the problem. Uh, you can listen to us at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get these episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad-free. You would have already been listening to this podcast and know what our review is. I don't know, can anybody guess where we're going <laughs> on, on, the, on these reviews? You would already know if you couldn't already tell where we'd be. You also can just try that for seven days for free. You get a trial uh, subscription, dig into all the stuff you like, 
if you don't, you know, if you don't like it after seven days, you can drop out, but you'll be missing out on great things like the Crime Writers on After Show, Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker. Laura, you explored uh, an incident that ended up being part of the, the uh, cat slash pet of the week, and it has to do with a little field mouse. Yeah, it had to do. So this field mouse that hopped on one of the Exeter, the Exeter fire captain when they were leaving a brush fire. We had this awesome photo and there was a report that the mouse had jumped like three feet to get over there. And I'm like, I have some questions about this. But I learned so much more um, because it turned out that this particular fire captain used to fight wildfires out in California. There was a whole lot going on and it was a very interesting behind the scenes conversation. Yeah, you also can listen to Married with Podcasts. That's our advice show. Rebecca and I get to be judgy. Yes. About people. Not just about podcasts, but your life choices. Take your life choices and we shit all over them. No, we don't. We don't do that. But it's all great stuff. And you know, when we say that you're getting a great value, but it's really not about the value. What we're really asking for you to do is to help sustain our podcasting uh, endeavors. When you give us that monthly subscription, you're going to get a lot of great entertainment, but you're also helping us, you know, do the things that we need to do and, you know, keep us from, you know, having to quit the circus and join the office. Oh, okay. Yes. Just saying so. Just 100%, saying so. percent yes. Also in, uh, in Partners in Crime Media Land, check out our latest episode of These Are Their Stories. It features Katie from Day with Dateline, and we're talking about a uh, criminal intent episode from season six. It's called Rocket Man, and it's about. It's based on the one where the uh, the astronaut wears the diaper. I love that Christ. episode. Yeah. Yes, it was so fun. The astronaut love triangle case. Yeah. Oh my god, that's that, one of my favorite cases. I love that case. It is, and it's it's really. I think it's kind of fun the way they do it. And yeah, I don't want to disappoint you with the real story about the diaper. We're just going to leave it there. I've got rolls of quarters and map quested directions from Annapolis to their hotel in Manhattan. Well, so far, I've got astronaut diapers. All right, so Kevin, before we end our business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Tony Gildia and Kristen Marie. Bless you. Thanks, Tony. And thanks, Kristen. And thanks for everyone who supports us on Patreon. Thanks for those who don't and just muscle through the business section anyway. Kevin, does that end our business section? Well, I got six more hours of this, so... No, no, nobody laughed. Okay. No. Should we just go ahead and repeat who the Patreon patron Do you Patreon want me to repeat everything you just said? <laughs> Toby, tell us more about <laughs> about Tell us about Laura's podcast. <laughs> tell us about the band-aid behind Laura's ear. Oh god. What shape and I was is it? in the pool anyway? <laughs> All right. That's ends the business section. I'm going to fade the music out right now. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. All right, so one thing I want to ask you guys about that, again, unexplored opportunity, right, that I just kept thinking about, mm-hmm. Scamanda uh, belongs to this megachurch, right? 
that we hear every service they have, they collect like thousands of dollars just from like people who donate to the church, right? Is Amanda really faithful or is Amanda going to this church because she knows this is a place where she can bilk people for cash, right? Is that not a good avenue for exploration that the podcast doesn't even think to ask that question? Because we hear from another person who belongs to this church who was like a fan of Scamanda's who's like, I also had my own personal issues. And that's when I found faith because I thought I was going to like at the bottom, I thought I was going to die, whatever. And that's when I found my faith. And that's what brought me through. She seems very sincere, right? We meet another person who's like, I used to belong to a super conservative church where I wasn't even allowed to listen to music. And now this is my favorite church because they're these people are like legit. Amanda is like becomes like the quote star of the church faints in front of people, all this fucking bullshit. I know. That was a good scene when she fainted in the church. Don't you Didn't think? Did she pee all over the place or something? Too? Yeah, she. I yeah. mean, that's that takes some effort. She did not have the female urinal. I'm just gonna say. And as she was turning the corner to go towards the door, she passed out, just flat passed out. I remember exactly what happened then. The pastor jumped off the stage and he ran over to her. Everybody got up. They made almost a huddle where they put all of their hands in. I mean, don't you guys think that maybe this was just a really ripe hunting ground for her where she knew there would be people who'd be willing to like reach into their pockets? Both things. Both things. What do you mean both things? Well, I mean, it's hard hard to say whether or not she's actually a person of faith. I, I don't, you know, that's hard to quantify. You'd have to look into her heart. It seems like, are there worse things to be than maybe uh, hypocritical about your religion? But certainly it, it is a happy hunting ground for if you want to take advantage of people, because especially see the people that we do hear from, they seem very nice. They certainly seem like they would give you the shirt off their back and they were okay giving all of the shirts. Yeah. You know what's worse than being hypocritical about your religion, Kevin? What's that? Faking having cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Is that worse? You know, you know what I think is worse than being hypocritical about your religion? Calling your stepkid your bonus daughter against Ah. her will. (laughs) (laughs) My bonus child. Don't call your stepkids anything they don't want to be called. That is not fucking cool. It's just not. Right, Laura? I felt really a lot of sympathy for that kid, especially when her mother knows the investigation is going on and kind of on the QT tells her like, Amanda doesn't have cancer, but don't say anything. And then this poor kid is like, oh, no, look at all these free things I've been getting because of Amanda's cancer. And that shouldn't be no, on the that daughter kid. told her the mother already knew. But the daughter told her, I don't. Think yeah. Amanda yeah. But the cancer. mom confirmed it, though. Right. Yeah. 100%. Like the mom, yeah. OK. I think it's because I was tuning it out at that point. But whatever. When they both were aware and then the daughter was like worried about like I'm getting what was it like free gymnastics lessons or whatever. I yeah. mean, it's it's like uh, the reverse of when, you know, we had what was her name there that was fake in Munchausen's by proxy. Oh, killed Gypsy her Rose. Gypsy Rose. It's like the Gypsy Rose who got like her Make-A-Wish trip. Like, yeah. I can't believe Amanda didn't get a Make-A-Wish trip out of this, she even though she's an adult. She free trips to New York. Of course she yeah. did. Yeah, but she should have gone stuff. to Disney World. Like, why didn't she go to Disney World, man? I just want to call it a fact check on Amanda's blog. Southwest does not have first class. 
No, you have the A, the A boarding group. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. She was saying her friend was giving her all her Southwest points. And she's like, first class. I'm like, they don't have that shit they on Southwest. They don't have Amanda, that. Scamanda. You're lucky Scamanda. if you get the free drink ticket. <laughs> oh, my God. But the fact that she, I mean, I loved also, like, the, the, the amount of all of these things. I mean, because she did diversify. She had a CrossFit fundraiser, a Christmas ornament sale calendar sales, eBay auctions, the electric guitar signed by Leanne Rhymes. She went to the Leanne Rhymes concert. Chili's. To meet Leanne. Don't forget the Chili's night. Oh, Chili's Grill and Bar fundraiser. Yes. eBay auctions, Christmas ornaments, Facebook challenge. I mean, the list goes on. I love that our host Charlie has to tell us what Chili's is. There might be one in our neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's no Chili's in Great Britain. So we um, have a a big question that kind of, in my opinion, doesn't fully get answered in the podcast. How the fuck did Amanda pull this off? I mean, granted, walking around a hospital and taking photos is one thing. But like the husband, like taking her to doctor's appointments, people picking up with her at the hospital, doctor's appointments, like there's more to this. The technical language that she used describing her illnesses don't you feel like that's sort of a hanging chad in this podcast? Yeah. Well, like, I want to know more about the husband's role in this. And that may have been at the end when I just stopped paying attention. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but did, did we find out more about, like, how the husband was hoodwinked? Spoil, spoiler alert section. The answer is people think he was involved, but there's nothing they can do. I mean, he Allegedly. must have known to, you know. Yeah. So, Toby, what do you think about that dangling Chad here about, like, how Amanda pulled this off? I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, Nancy says, like, I was able to zoom in on her bracelet and see that it wasn't Columbia. It was NYU. There was a lot more than that that we hear about, right? Like, people picking her up from the hospital, her taking a photo with an IV in her arm in the chemo thing or whatever. There's a lot. Well, I guess there's a couple things there. One is... How does she manage to create this illusion that she does have cancer and that she is in the hospital and getting IVs and all this stuff? And then the other thing is, how do people in the face of these inconsistencies and things that you know seem like they can't be true sort of ignore that and to continue to support her? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you might as well just get a fucking full-time job based on like the amount of work you got to put in to like making money through scamming them because pretending you have cancer. I, and I guess maybe the celebrity status is part of it too. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, how do you go and get a an IV if you don't need one? Like, I, I'm not sure how that all works. Maybe you just go and say, I guess I'm you can just go and say, I just feel super dehydrated. Can you hook me up to a bag? Or something. So I, I guess she probably, I, I'm sure there are ways of getting yourself into a hospital bed with an IV. But I think the other part of it, which, which again is, you know, there had to be cracks. Like the people who wanted to, if people were looking for it, there must have been ways where they could have been like, especially the fact that she looks good. Like everybody's like, oh, you look so good. You know, she's like, well, you should see me on my bad days when I'm vomiting all over the place. <laughs> and it's like, if she's looking that healthy, she probably doesn't have cancer. But I, I think once people buy into a story, it's really hard to to sort of admit you got duped, right? I mean, you, you've yeah. kind of 
you know, you identify with this woman, you're really pulling for this woman. And if you decide to pull back and say, I think she's scamming us. I mean, I think that's a big admission to your own gullibility. Yeah. And I think people reflectively don't do that. Yeah. What I heard it was like a, a cancer scam, somebody pretending to have cancer. I thought it was, they shaved their head and they had a lot of tearful posts on social media, but I was not expecting a blog that had so many medical details I, I don't know. Was she stealing people's medical charts and just copying shit out? Like, I don't. Can you Google all that? This is why I have to stay on my ridiculously expensive antibody drug conjugate until I complete the bone marrow harvesting, salvage chemotherapy beam, low dose whole body radiation, and finally an autologist bone marrow transplant. Now it'd be so easy with AI. Like, I think, bet you could do it in like 15 minutes. Give me a picture of myself, except minus 60 pounds or something. And, you know, I, I, I honestly think you could. Like, I think that's yeah. like these kinds of scams, as long as you don't have to meet people. Like a photo of me in, in, in a hospital bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a question, Kevin. We have this uh, investigative producer, right? Yeah. Television investigative producer. Never says what television programs work for. I'm very curious about that. But why? Oh, why? Does she go to the cops with her reporting yeah. instead of reporting her reporting? He said, well, what can you put it all in an email and send me why you think this? So I put together all my notes, my timeline, my log, my source information that I thought if he looked at this, he could see, OK, it wasn't just a hunch. We all want to see the impact in our investigative journalism because affecting change usually is the point, right? You don't like invest any time in like trying to take down a scammer, hoping that they continue to scam afterwards. But working as an agent of the government is a very peculiar way to go about it. My thought is maybe the only way they could safely uh, broadcast or pu publish their story because there are a lot of scurrilous allegations here is if there were a legitimate police investigation or an arrest. But then she Maybe instigates it. That's the way to get it. That's not the way. That's weird. People do it. And it's unethical. But I, but she, she just kept saying things like, I just wanted it to stop. Well, then you shouldn't be reporting the story because then you are part of the story. You know what I mean? Like if you are the person that tipped off the police to the story, are you the person who should be reporting the story? You are in the story now. You are a subject of the story. It's fucked up. That goes against all the journalism rules. I mean, I don't know what you think, Kevin, but I would say the only time you would do something like that where you would tip off the police where I would, like, as a reporter, as a journalist, do that is if I thought somebody was about to be, like, murdered. <laughs> like, then I would be like, okay, this is something I need to maybe right, bring yeah. forward instead of, like, writing a story like about the it. Like, the end of the jinx, like, yeah. Exactly. But that, that didn't make any sense to me at all unless they weren't actually really planning to report it at all. If it was just that, oh, here's this nosy producer lady who's just doing this on the side because she's fascinated on it, but she's never actually going to produce any work products, so she's just going to tell the cops? Or I have another theory, and this is just a theory. It's my opinion. It is not. I have no idea this is true. It could be that if she is talking to this cop, and they clearly had a line of communication, and he has an investigation going, she gets the exclusive, right? And mm -hmm. so it is a complete story if there's an investigation and an arrest, a trial and a prosecution, right? Right. And then this right. reporter has the story. But 
<laughs> it's one thing if the reporter gets in with the investigator and has the story and has the line of communication with the investigator and follows it. It is another thing if that reporter herself brought the story to the investigator. To me, that is very different. It is because I can think of, and I don't know, Kevin, you can think of situations like this where I would know an investigation was happening when I was a reporter. Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay, I am going to sit on the story because the cops would say, you're going to like ruin the investigation if you report anything out. I will sit on this story, but you're telling this story to me before you tell anybody else. And I've been in situations like that where it would have compromised the bigger picture of things if pieces had been reported. So I knew it was happening, but I got the exclusive type thing. I think the only time that as an investigator of any kind that you go to somebody else with what you have, whether it's a a reporter going to a cop or a cop going to another agency or whatever it is, you think that other person can do something that you can't. So for whatever reason, this producer felt there were things the cop could do that she could not do as an investigator. And maybe that's approaching people. Maybe that's, you know, getting to something, but... She also called the IRS. She also did yeah. that. Like she just kept reporting. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, I just didn't get it and I didn't like it. And that's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Toby, what did you think about the sound of this podcast, the overall production? I just want to like give you the last word on that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Lionsgate is a British company or not, but it, it, it sounds a little bit like some of the British podcasts we listen to that seem like really, really clean and smooth in a way that I don't really like. <laughs> it's like, it feels like listening to like an overproduced like band CD or something where it just, it doesn't, it feels like it's kind of soulless in some ways. So, I mean, it's not really the part uh, fault of the reporter or anything, but it, I, I just, it's got a glossiness that, that I, I don't really like very much. So anyway, I, I just like, usually that stuff doesn't stick out to me. But in this case, I was just like, this just seems way, way too uh, crafted, I guess. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out the new podcast, Scamanda? 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 Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for, I'm just going to go with Scamanda. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Laura Bricker? Um, uh, it's, I'm bummed. So when I was listening to the first episode, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then, like we talked about, I mean, I think I, I agree with what everybody else was saying. It just kept going on and on, repeating the same information. It was way too long. And unfortunately, I think there were avenues that could have been followed that would have made this a little bit more compelling. I'd say go read the Daily Mail story about the case if you're curious about it. So this is a thumbs down. Toy Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Scamanda? Yeah, I'm a thumbs down. Uh, I just, the story doesn't have enough weight to carry the length of the podcast as Laura was saying, I think there there were some interesting things that could have been explored that were not explored in the slightest. 
I, I don't know why people thought that this story could sustain what got put out. So anyway, unfortunately, thumbs down. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, my thumbs down. This is very disappointing to me. I, I thought that the story itself was interesting, but A, it's not enough for eight episodes, certainly not the length of each episode, but you know, it's told in a way that just doesn't engage. It just seems, I don't, did anybody else ever like start a new episode and think, wait a minute, I listened to this episode. Isn't this the same? Isn't the yeah. same episode and it wasn't the same episode. Yeah, I just, uh, oh God, you know, I think that Charlie Webster, uh, you know, perfectly serviceable in, in this role. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I told you, I don't know why Lionsgate sound is interested in this particular story, perhaps because they're Lionsgate and they do films and stuff. Maybe this is the tentpole for a, a whole series of Scamanda content. Maybe Scamanda the musical will be coming to off-Broadway very one soon. Hopes. One hopes. Yes, it'll be the seven-hour musical with uh, they keep repeating the same musical it's numbers. It's going to be like Les Mis. Les Mis. If they... If they did Master of the House seven times, yeah. <laughs> master I, of the House, Master of the Cottage, Master of the Shed. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think this is a this is a failure in storytelling, in producing, and um, and it's a failure for the audience. Thumbs down. All right, but it's not a failure of marketing because as of the time of this recording, Scamanda is number one on the Apple charts. Number one. Not after our review. Uh, oh, no. Please. Come on. Scamanda doesn't need us. Um, yeah. Big thumbs down for me. And I'm hugely upset by this because a podcast about a woman who belongs to a megachurch who is bilking all of her friends and family members and her husband's ex-wife and by the way, this is not a spoiler because it comes out in the first few minutes of the first episode, who was the babysitter who married the husband of her future stepdaughter. This should be so freaking juicy. It should be. It should be the kind of thing where Toby's like, it's salacious. It's too juicy for me. I don't like it. And I should be like, fuck you, Toby. It's the Kardashians. I love it. Wow. <laughs> it should be that. Like it should be. It should so, cause a fight with Toby. No, it should be so juicy, right? It should yeah. be like like juicy, good. Like, oh my god, this, it has it, elements. The yeah. gall of this person, I can't believe it. Like, it should be so good. Nope. Like every opportunity to suck the life out of this story was used to suck the life out of this story, and I'm like, where was the editing? Where was the editing? These episodes were too long. I heard the same things over and over and over and over and over again. There were a couple interesting parts, but for the most part, God, I felt like I was on an endless wheel, an endless wheel of storytelling, hearing the same thing over and over again. And it's such a shame because this story is juicy as hell. So we need a ninth episode to answer all those unanswered questions. <laughs> I well, mean, actually, the most interesting part was when she got to supposedly inject herself with her chemotherapy. I was like, whoa. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler free, Laura. And it doesn't matter. People won't get to that. It's like 12 and a half hours. And the huge thumbs down for me for Scamanda. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Lara Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? We do have a cat of the week this week. Congratulations to Lisa Sims. Oh, Ooh. Lisa. Lisa is now a cat owner. Oh, congratulations, Lisa. Lisa has 
a very cute little black uh, tuxedo fluffy cat. And it's Stowie, named for stowing away up under a truck from a golf course that happened 11 years ago when he was a kitten. So welcome, Stowie. And um, thank you to all the Brichter scale people who told Lisa what kind of cat litter worked best. So (laughs) how does Lisa know this history of this cat if she just got this cat? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't know, but I just liked his name, Stowey. Stowey the Stowaway. It it's a mm-hmm. very, very good name. Laura Bricker, of course, people can email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com or put cats on our group. But if they want to reach out to you on social media and send you any kind of animal to be Cat of the Week, I just want to repeat, it can be literally any kind of animal. How can they find you on social media? You can send me any kind of animal at Lara Bricker on Twitter. And I would welcome some interesting animals this summer, aside from cats and dogs. So send them my way. Tony Ball, how can folks reach you on social media and maybe send you some cancer influencers so you can check yeah, them out? Yeah, don't do that. Um, but you can, uh, Strange Arrivals, the main episodes are now done. So you can binge if you've been waiting nice. and waiting and waiting for your opportunity to binge. That time has come. There's a few uh, bonus episodes, which are just long interviews um why do you wait to the end of the show to tell people this we can do this I in the beginning that I yeah. To get through. yeah i didn't want to compete with uh rebecca's thing um anyway uh and you can then you can tweet to me at toby ball on h kevin flint uh you can find me and all my cool uh, hashtag team kevin comment me with my bonus children saying <laughs> you need a registry I need a registry. <laughs> all my bucket list stuff. Flying first class on Spirit. Isn't it like the third anniversary of your cancer recovery? Oh, you need presents for that. I need presents for that. <laughs> I, I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On, and I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Just go to our regular Facebook page at Join the Group. We'll let you in. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll also get the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker podcast and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the incredible Livy Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin P. Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, The Closet, in our New Hampshire basement where we also would like to thank everyone who attended our fundraiser at the Outback Steakhouse. It's Tuesday nights. Blue and Onion. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks for listening. We will catch you later. Later. Uh, we should just do a bit where we make this review like four hours long, just as a uh, comment. <laughs> we make this episode an hour and 25 minutes long where we just say the same things. And we have like six save endings. Save it, save it. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ, I thought you'd be better trained. Crime Media. Media.